0: All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Little Food podcast. As always, I'm your boy, Jay Mabe's here with Kings. Kings, what is going on? Doing you know, doing okay, man, prepping for these exams. All right, all right, man. Uh, first off, got to give you flowers, man. You know, a lot of people keep saying that, you know, nobody saw this for Phoenix 1-1, but, you know, you put it on wax months ago that they were a dark horse to get to the conference finals because yep. of the, how they were set up. So here's your flowers. And, uh, yeah, man, what, what,
1: what did you see in Phoenix early? Yeah, you know, uh, the way I looked at Phoenix roster construction, I felt like, you know, I felt like they were definitely constructed better than the Blazers. Uh, they were also definitely constructed better than the Nuggets because I felt like they couldn't – they had the offensive scoring outputs because I knew Chris Paul and Aiden would have synergy off the pick and roll. Uh, I didn't expect Booker to turn up in the pick and roll the way he did or campaign, but I figured Booker would definitely be thrive off CP3 as well and see a lot more single coverages. And, uh, I, and I like the J Kyle pick pick up, uh, you know, a lot of people hated Sark over the course of regular season, but I felt, I kind of felt like he would do more than what he's done. But I mean, even without him, you know, they found other guys, you know, the step from Cam Johnson and Bridges, uh. Has, has helped uh, tremendously, most most uh, notably Bridges. So he's been like, he's been money from that corner three uh, all playoffs. So, uh, you know, it was just a lot of good things there where I felt comfortable with, with taking them over Denver because Denver I knew would be defensively challenged, losing Grant, uh, losing Craig. Uh, I knew that they would be defensively challenged on the wings. Uh, definitely the Blazers have no defense at all. They don't know what defense is. Uh, <laughs> so I, I had them over them you know, Clay was out for the Golden State. So for me, it was just really with the Suns was like, if they avoided the Lakers in the bracket, I felt they would make the Western Conference Finals run because I felt like they could potentially upset the Clippers because at the time, you know, I felt the Clippers guard play was suspect, Uh, you know, granted, I think the Clippers are a lot better now with playing man more and playing Reggie Jackson. more. I definitely feel like the Clippers played this, the 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 Suns right now. I would definitely think think I would pick the Clippers slightly more, especially with Rondo's being a and always playing tough against CP3. But uh, going into the year, I felt like you know the six six the Suns had that advantage of the pick and roll, being able to play Zubac off the floor, and uh, you know um forcing the Clippers to have to play small, and then making it you know just making a battle of you know can the Clippers, you know, handle Aiden? And, you know, because Aiden, he can switch, and he's a he's a terror inside for undersized, you know, big. So uh, that's how I saw was the advantage was the Aiden CP3 pick. I thought that was the advantage of the Clippers. But I will say if they play the Clippers now with how the Clippers are looking, also with the Clippers' mentality now, I do think the Clippers are a lot more mentally tough, and they have the kind of pieces, I think, to put them over the edge because I do think the Clippers have the superior wing play significantly, and I think that could tilt it in their favor.
0: Yeah, we're going to – we'll definitely get into that series if it happens, but, you know, we're going to talk about that Clippers Jazz series in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man, I just – uh everything you said, I just – I think I, I kind of echoed you a little bit. I had them slightly lower than you did, but everything was kind of based off experience because beyond, you know, CP3 and Jay Crowder, who's up and down, you know, nobody had ever really done anything on that team or been anywhere, but, you know, they were ready for the moment. Uh, Chris Paul, and I got to give Jay Crowder some credit too. He's been – excellent since the first few games of the Lakers series. He's been excellent on both ends, you know, stretching the floor, defending and then I got to give Chris Paul's credit. Like, I'll state this, I I don't believe that he should have been an all-NBA team over Booker. Uh, I'll hold to that, but this series in particular, he was absolutely dominant, best player on the floor by a good amount. He's absolutely controlled the series. Um, And I say, man, I love me some, uh, you know, I've said, I love me some Dane, but man, the way they handled Denver without guards and the way Denver beat the it just looks really bad on, on Portland. Uh, that, that's kind of the takeaway for me. So, yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> with that, I can't, I can't really get on Dame. Man, he had a fifty.
0: Yeah, I was talking about I'm talking, about. I'm talking about a roster construction in general. You know what I'm saying? Like in yeah. general, and, and Dame takes a little bit of culpability for that because of what his defense this year was just not. He was didn't put any effort into it. That's just what it is what is what it is. But yeah, man, the, the, yeah, the Blazers had a lot to do, but. Just composite
1: compo- compo- looking good, man. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> I just I gotta give Chris Paul's credit, man. He's just an all-timer. And you know, we'll discuss down the road what we think a championship means for his legacy or a finals berth at least. You know, we'll definitely talk about that. That should be a fun conversation. Um, but yeah, do you think this rest they're gonna get while the Clippers and and Jazz beat up on each other? You think the rest is gonna be helpful for this team? I think or- it's-
1: I th- I think it's I think it's gonna help um you know Chris Paul you know whatever you know whatever nagging injuries that he did have uh you know coming into the from the Lakers series he's definitely gonna heal up even more I mean it seems like he gets healthier with each passing game since AG, AD went down you know whatever people want to look you know take that as but he's definitely I feel like that rest is gonna help him um it might make him a little rusty being a young team but I think for Chris Paul and since Chris bought such an important piece for their team, it's going to do him wonders. So I think that's actually important for them. It's it's going to be the up to the other guys to stay ready, uh, because whoever comes from the Jazz and Clippers series, I think that series is going to be kind of long. At least I got at least six games for that one. Uh, they're going to be coming in with more of a rhythm uh, as well as a loaded team. So I think that game one, you know, um, is is going to be a going to be a challenge for Phoenix to get back in rhythm.
0: Right. And just real quick before we go into that next series, from the from the Suns eye point of view, we both know playoffs is about matchups. Uh who do you think the Suns want to play? Obviously they're gonna say we'll take anybody, but honestly, let's say you're
1: scouting for the Suns, who's the better
0: matchup for you in your opinion?
1: Well, definitely the 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 Jazz. I mean, like test that you no know, go bear with that drop coverage. Uh, whoever's playing drop, you know. That's, you know, Chris Paul said it at the end. And, you know, when he saw the league going to drop as the Clippers, he started working on that mid-range even more. So Chris Paul is going to definitely want to see Rudy Gobert and that drop coverage. Devin Booker will definitely want to see Rudy Gobert in that drop coverage because they're going to they shoot the pigskin off that. Not even the pigskin, they're going to shoot the skin <laughs> off the <laughs> off the, off the hoop. You know what I mean? Like, off the, off the basketball. So they're going to go in the tween game, and they're going to get busy on Gobert in that drop coverage. So it's, it's going to put a lot of pressure on uh, the Jazz, if they, if they play the Jazz. I think the Clippers, because they like to go small and, and switch actions, it's going to make, you know, Booker and CP3 especially going to have to work and beat who's off the dribble. Um, so the the Jazz is the better, you know, matchup for them in terms of how how they can get their offense uh, going more so, especially with that, you know, revamped pick and roll. Uh, something like, uh, I think some writers were talking about the Suns pick and rolls is a you know kind of a you know kind of you know a little bit revolutionary in the sense of how they attack it's it's, it's like really that. it's really
0: yeah uh is really uh like Europeanized They you like a lot of Spain where yeah. they have the greener on the guy who sets the initial screen a lot of Spain pick and roll yeah that, that's yep. that's what it is really it's really euro euro it's really euro
1: yeah euro fied uh, goat starts high and then the guards attack it really downhill and aggressive the, right? so yeah, I I like them against the Jazz more so if we had talking about on-the-court matchups. Right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: All right, moving on to this next series, I think it's going to be a doozy. Um, Clippers finally get one. Kawhi and PG go off after falling down uh, 2-0. The Clippers have been the most confusing team in the playoffs. Just ready to write them off. They have a tour de force game. They get a tour de force game from Kawhi and PG. Um I get the feeling that you just based on how you were talking, that you were a little more comfortable, you know, not com- and not confident, a little more comfortable with uh with where the Clippers are in this series, even down two one because of, you know, how they're defending. I think after they, they they made it a little tougher on Donovan Mitchell, he's making some incredible mm-hmm. shots by the way. I gotta give him credit, he's making some absolute one percent of superstar shots. But where are you with this
1: series? Man, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, I mean, until Conley comes, unless Conley comes back, it's really, um. you know, I, I, what's, is there the word on Mitchell? Is he going to be, is he going uh, to be okay for the next game? Um, I know he went out with that.
0: Uh, he's going to give it a go. I think they said the only reason he didn't go back in was because the game was out of hand. So that's what they said. So he, he's going to play at the percentage. We don't know, but yeah. he's going to play.
1: Yeah, so you have that with the Jazz, and you have, and unless Conley can come back and give them another uh, stabilizer offensively with playmaking. Um, man, I, I really like the Clippers, man. Like I told people, um, those first two games you had, you didn't have really good games from PG and Kawhi, really offensively. You know, PG kind of had good numbers with uh for the Clippers in Game Two. But, uh, you know, when they had a comeback against the zone, you know, in the third quarter, with the zone coverage that I've tightly adjusted to, it wasn't really you know, PG in there. He had a good fourth, but uh, he kind of took too long to get it going. So it was kind of an uphill battle from the Clippers. And then Kawhi has, wasn't really, you know, asserting himself in the first two games. And yet they were still right there each time. So, you know, I think the Clippers feel like they can beat the Jazz, you know, whenever, wherever. I th- I think, you know, it comes down to their stars, you know. If Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George show up. I expect them to beat the Jazz uh, because their their supporting cast, as they as they shown, is more than good enough to give them the help on a night to night basis in this series. So as long as Kawhi and PG show up, you know the Clippers should be winning this series, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I literally like with you. They I switched to from the Jazz or the Clippers once I found out Conley was going to be out for an extended period of time. I, I was shocked when the Clippers didn't steal one of those games in Utah that kind of threw me, threw me back. But that, that game three, man, it's kind of what I expected, man. You know, the, the one thing I didn't see, I, I thought Clarkson would struggle more and he did in game three, but the first two games Clarkson was just shooting out of his mind. And I got to give Tyloo credit because when those outlier things happen, he doesn't overreact. Like he understands like that, you know, that's Jordan Clarkson, we're going to live with that. You know, it's not, not going to hit step back threes over two people. We're going to live with that. We're going to stick to our game plan. So, you know it is what it is, and only thing I'm curious about is why does Terrence Mann ever leave the Clipper rotation? Like it's like he'll have a great set of games, and then he'll have a game where he plays seven minutes and doesn't play the second half. So uh, that's my only question about you know what Tyloo is kind of doing with the roster, how Terrence Mann. We both think Terrence Mann deserves to play more. In addition to defense, it's another driver they have on the court that you have to you know account for. So there's that. So if you're the Jazz. And you see Mitchell kind of get more attention. You know, what's your counter, in your opinion, if, if you're the Jazz? What do you try to do in game four? Aside from, obviously, get a, a much better, you know, Jordan Clarkson game. You know, what, what are you trying to do in game four?
1: Well, you got to play less uh, favors. Uh, they're playing a lot of Derek favors. And, uh, you know, he, I think that was game in trouble because they're trying to recreate a lot of what Rudy does with Derek favors. But – their favorite isn't as as physically dominant on on both ends, even though he's kind of has some good good plays in the series. But uh, you kind of saw last game he was getting uh, exploited a lot. Uh, that one guy, I think Niang's his name. He definitely he played. He's, yeah, he got, had
0: an awful game. He's been good he off
1: season. To, he just had awful game three. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they're gonna have to monitor his minutes. Like if he's not giving them anything, <laughs> he, he needs to be pulled like immediately. Um, offensively, I think they need to have Joe Ingles. Uh, create and facilitate more um, to help take the pressure off uh, Mitchell because I think, you know, having to have Mitchell create uh, is, is making them very predictable because you know, they like to spam that pick and roll. So once they start trapping and doubling that pick and roll uh, it's if if the ball doesn't go into a playmaker's hands when it leaves uh, Mitchell's hands, you're most likely not going to get a good shot if the, if the Clippers off the scramble are able to get back into position. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If it goes to Jordan Clarkson, off the double, and it, it goes to Bohan off the double. They're not trying to set – they're not trying to create with with an advantage. You know what I mean? They're looking to try and beat their guys one-on-one. And if you stay if you stay on the string and you make them take a tough two, then all of a sudden you, you're you forcing misses. I mean, I think uh, in the last game uh, they were talking about how the Jazz shot 50%, but they were down double digits most of the game because they shot horrendously from twos. Because yeah. The Clippers, yeah. They ran them yeah. off the line. They are forcing him into tough two. So I think that's you're going to see the same formula. You know, when Donovan Mitchell coughs that screen, uh, if you're not switching, uh, you know, trap blitz, uh, make him give up the rock and then recover and make the other guys beat you one on one. Make it a one on one game with everyone else aside from Donovan Mitchell. I think that's what you're going to see the as a game plan. So I think they need to start running actions to make sure Ingles is the release valve because Ingles will definitely look to set and create. And run better offense, I think, than the other other guys who get the ball, especially Jordan Clarkson. You know, he's not looking to try and facilitate.
0: Yeah, he's uh, I'm going to score mine, and then when he makes That's shots, it. obviously, it looks great. But he just he kind of struggled in Game Three, and they kind of needed, needed more from him. So, um, so we're both leaning Clippers here in this series based on how the the matchups and uh and and, and the data is trending. Really, I think the Clippers are generating a, a good, um, uh, you know. More open shots a game than the Jazz, was. I think Bose will for the series, given the, the type of shooters they have. Uh, I keep waiting for Reggie Jackson to cool off, and he just keeps on hitting forty. He's shooting eight threes a game in the playoffs and hitting forty-two percent. Like it's not a small, not a small sample anymore. It's like the guy's a yeah. shooter. So, <laughs> it, yeah, man. It is. it's
1: been enough. It's been enough games, man. Right. It's been enough games.
0: So, uh, I guess it's not gonna happen. So I'm leaving Clippers as well now. Utah's number one seed. I kind of think it has to go seven. I don't see them winning four straight. I think it goes seven, Clippers and seven. But is there a scenario where you see them running off four straight? I just I can't see them doing that to, to Utah.
1: If, if, I mean, if Mitchell is compromised, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. The series. So, you know, if, if, you no, know, let's say, you know, Clippers defend home court two goes back to two, two it, it, the series restarts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It restarts. So now it's the Clippers get. Their opportunity to do what they were that we was kind of expecting them to do in either games one and games two, and you know if Mitchell's compromised and he's you know hurt on his on his leg and he can't get the same explosion off like he was getting, uh, that's going to severely you know hinder their ability to beat the Clippers one on one, and I think it's going to give the Clippers a great opportunity to um, to win these next three. I mean, ultimately we'll see how Mitchell looks tomorrow. We'll see what schemes the the uh, Clippers going to use. Uh, Snyder isn't the greatest adjustments coach, even though he has a good offensive philosophies and foundations. He's not the greatest uh, adjustment guy. Um, that's kind of been a, one of the knocks on Utah. So we'll see, and uh, we'll see how how they want to defend. I mean, like I said, they're going to be playing drop still because Rudy, he's definitely generational in terms of rim protection. Um, but you know, it's going. You know, we're going to see. Is he going to try and make Rudy show higher? A little bit, or I know he's been trying to do more switching, and Rudy's been uh, fairly solid. You know, all things. Yeah, I was gonna say, I,
0: yeah, I was gonna say, Rudy's been pretty good switching out. Like, I got to give him credit. That
1: yeah. was a that was a healer is earlier, and it's yeah, he's been he's know. been very solid. You know, all things say, but he's not having to do it often. Um, you know, uh, I, it's kind of weird because I saw Bud, you know, make Brooks show higher this past game. So I'm wondering if you'll have, you know, if you'll see Rudy do that as one of a, a nice little wrinkle from, from Snyder. To try to slow down PG a little bit more, have Rudy show higher and funnel him to a rim attack on, on, on the length. Uh, so we'll see what type of wrinkles that Snyder uses uh, in the next game. And out and uh, you know, the Clippers pull that one out. Um, I, pull that one out, man. Yeah. Like I said, unless D- Mitchell gets Spidey gets healthy again, I, I, I wouldn't put a pass in to win five and six. Ooh,
0: this. That's spicy. Let's see. Well, let's see I just think it's a new
1: Clippers team mentally, uh, as you can see. Uh, they're just not, you know what I mean? They're not folding. Even when they lose in a hole, I think they feel confident that they have the talent of the team to win at any time. And, and, and Coach Lou, you know, is going to make the right adjustments. So it just becomes on the players to execute. So
0: Yeah, I think the, the, the telling thing about how, you know, confident they were was, you know, even after losing down 2-0, uh, Lou was like, in the cameras, like, I'm okay, you know, with the shots we were generating. Like, I- I'll live with that. So, you can tell he's definitely thinking about what actually, you know, went on in the game and not just, you know, being down 2-0. He's, de- he's looking at the entire process of what got them there. He's just like, i got to make shots when they generate them. So,
1: uh-huh.
0: so game tomorrow. It's so a nightcap, 7 p.m. tomorrow. That'll be fun to watch, man. I can't wait to see it. Um, the other game before that, uh, Philly took a 2-1 lead over – Atlanta, went in Atlanta, won big, um, up 2-1. I have a question for you because yeah. I thought Atlanta was on to something. You know, the, they, they weren't doubling Joel the first two games, and, you know, they were in them because, you know, we're keeping everybody else intact. You know, game three, they come out trapping, you know, Joel a lot and doubling them, and everybody else gets going, and they, and they kind of get ran out of the gym. So wh- where are you with their strategy? I know Capella's, you know – in hell, pretty much dealing with Joel right now. He's on a different type of time the way he's playing. But I think when you just double him all the time, I think it's too easy for Joel to make read. He's an unselfish guy. He's going to kick it out and guys are going to get shots. I think you got to kind of mix it up on him and give him different looks. But I thought that was a weird thing that the Hawks did that kind of blew up in their
1: face in game. Yeah, I mean, Joel had what, eight assists? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's
0: not even counting the hockey assists from kicking out.
1: Yeah, he was making a lot of good reads. But you know what, you know what, uh, what got to to the to mcmillan was um that game uh two when they got they got dominated um 40 points you know what i'm saying 40 points for mb uh, oh, when yeah. they almost came back in the second half 39 points and was also trying to spearhead a comeback i just think he said man and just been kicking our ass all series we gotta try and make someone else win because they almost came back from down 30 because MB was kicking Capella's ass. And then they dominated game two because MB was kicking Capella's ass again. You know what I mean? So it's just like, man, <laughs> we have to try something different. We have to have somebody else try and beat us to see, you know, if we can outscore the others. And but the, you know, Clippers, Daryl Morris, shout out to him. Got them a lot better spacing. Even with the absence of Danny Green, you still have Milton. You know what I'm saying? You saw Shake Milton, you still have Maxi, which is a good pickup. Tobias Harris is playing better with Doc again. Doc always seems to get the best out of Tobias Harris. And then obviously Seth Curry. So, I mean, like, it's just so much spacing around them. Um, they have great defense. Now that, you know, one of, I think some of the people sneakily said that with Danny Green off, I mean, he's a good floor spacer. <laughs> but defense, you know, um, he, he kind of gets away a lot on rep and get on, uh, with game play. You kind of saw what happened when they went away from Danny Green after game one. They've been shutting down Atlanta since. So with Danny Green off the equation completely, now guess what? Now it's like, oh, well, if it's not Ben, it's, if it's or, if, or You know what I'm saying? And then if he's not playing Thibault, he's playing more Milton and Maxie who put pressure on the defense you yes, know, with, the, with, the, sure. with their scoring capabilities with handling the ball. So, you know what I'm saying? And, and they still have great defense. You still have, you know, Thibault. You still have Ben Simmons, uh, You know, you still have Embiid who plays – who's doing great on, on his showing on the drop having great coverage there. And then also Tobias is playing much better defense this year. You know, he's really stepped it up on the defensive end as well and bought in. So, and then Seth Curry has always been a solid defender. Actually, Uh, people don't understand. He's always been, you know, at least, you know, uh, uh, average to above average defender. So all guys on the four who, yeah, with all guys on the four who can defend, hold their own on the defensive side, and then they're all talented for offensively. It's a new age Philly. I mean, they're really deep. Uh, I said, I think I said that because I felt Embiid was going to be compromised, that it would have to be a Ben Simmons or a Tobias. They'd have to dominate both ends. Uh, Ben Simmons has dominated defensively. He hasn't dominated as much offensively, but he's done his thing. And Tobias has shown up completely offensively. And I was wrong. Embiid is still here, even with the meniscus. (laughs) So, uh, you know, if Embiid was dominating the game, this was always going to be a short series. (laughs) Right.
0: And I, I, couldn't. I don't know why, but I couldn't. Even when they look bad, man, I couldn't put my finger on why. But I just always felt like not great, but I always felt cool with picking this team to come out the east. <laughs> and I, I was like close to wavering a few times, but I just always felt like this is the this is the most spacing they've ever had. Embiid is playing out of his mind, and. Seeing Ben Simmons play like he did in that third quarter, like that put a glimmer in my eye. I was like, okay, I can feel decent about this pick. Because if he plays like that in that second half of that game uh, three, they're going to be a tough out. Like aggressive, getting to the cup, uh, mm-hmm. putting Trey Young and Hale pretty much on the other end. Uh, and I think like people laugh at Charles Barkley, but I think he made a great point. He just said, you know, Trey has to has to play faster. He can't keep getting – this it's tough for him in a half court against that Philadelphia defense, which has been elite, you know. So he has to get out and get into whatever action. They're going to run faster before the defense is set up and stop walking the ball. And I think he had a good point with that because Philly's so, so good defensive. There's not one guy on that team you can say, hey, let's hunt this guy out for a bucket. And I think that yeah. is separating them defensively from the rest of the, you know, playoff pack.
1: Yeah, Trey has to be trying to beat Embiid down the floor. Exactly. Because, uh, uh, you know, letting Embiid set up in that drop, for him to be able to show up on the drop, is really taking away his floater. And, you know, Trey Young is still 5'11", bro. He's not trying yeah. to finish at the rim above Embiid, even if he tries to get by him. You know what I mean? So it, it's like, it, it's tough, man. And then, Ben's, and then that showing up Embiid is giving Benson is also enough time to recover and get back on his hip. As well as Nible, and those guys are really relentless on defense. They're always trying to stay, get back to him to contest the shot. So, yeah, Trey Young has to make it up tempo game.
0: Um, well, and the, first uh, of that is, the first part is get the first part. To be fair, not only, they got to get stops, and they aren't getting stops the last couple of games, like this. And is,
1: that, and that's the problem. Like to make yeah. an up tempo game, first of all, you have to get stops. You have right. to stop NB from scoring. And when you get the rebound, you have to make a good outlet pass. But one one of the good things I think Philly's doing is that. They're, you know, a lot of their uh, their their perimeter defenders are definitely being key on when when Trey gets the ball. You know, what I mean, they're not trying to have him see an open floor when he gets the ball. They're, they're picking up a, full, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, they're making they're, yes. they're 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 making a point to make sure they have a body in front so he doesn't get to see the floor. So that that's another thing that they're doing to help slow down any type of uh, full court press that uh, Trey is doing. So, um, I, yeah, you know, I just don't think anything Trey can do. Right now, until he, I think he has to develop a, um, he has to either develop a quicker uh, twin game and find a better way to get his twin game off, or he needs to find a way to finish better at the rim with the even with the trees, get a better layup package, uh, try and improve his layup package because I just don't think there's anything he can do at this point as a player to um, to adjust to what Philly's doing. You know, what I'm saying if he's not if he's not being able to attack and beat and finish at the rim because Embiid is now showing to up to take away that floater, so Trey Young has to be able to now finish at the rim, or or you know, what I'm saying and and because Embiid is showing but not showing up too high, he's also being able to play the lob threat too, kind of what yes, Draymond used to yes. do. The Warriors drop coverage. Draymond was like the king of this and he was doing against Capella and James Harden, you know, the pick and roll gurus, he would play, the, he would show up enough to stop James Harden from trying to float, and then, but he would also have enough, uh, not go up too far to where he can't recover back on the lob threat, so you can see with MB, he's completely taking Jason, you know, John Collins and Capella out the game from that pick and roll lob threat because he's showing, high, he's showing high enough to stop the floater, but he's also able to recover on any type of dump down too, so that's also, you know, Stopping Trey from getting those easy nice feeds for easy points. So
0: yeah, the Hawks just need yeah the Hawks just need another guy. I think they make this chase Market better They just have one more guy who can go get it off the dribble.
1: Yeah, off the Everything dribble, man. Is, like, it's but,
0: very it's very Trey centric. Everything is based on Trey. They Bo, need one more Bogey's, guy
1: can, Yeah, Bogey's solid, but he shouldn't be your number two. He's he's exactly, a number yeah. three type of guy. Like right. if they had like a you know, and I know people don't like him, but he, he he this would help if they had like a Paul George type, a guy who they could say, <laughs> "Hey, man." Go get go get a quality shot one on one off the bounce whether it's a, sh- a pull up whether it's a jumper whether it's a nice drive to for a driving kick that's not around trade, so you can take the you know the, you know the wolves off of trades like if they had that type I think that would also help trade because now that guy is putting pressure so now the defense has to be contacted with him which allows trade to get a little bit more breathing room to also get off his game as well and he'll probably see more t- ISO type of offenses. But uh, you know, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna say, "Hey, bug, you know, beat Tobias or right. beat or beat Ben one on one all you want to, bro. But we're not letting Trey Young get off."
0: Right. And I think that's the probably the right answer if you're. Dying. I mean, that's the thing about we've all talked about, you know, uh, multiple times throughout the year. Like when you get to the playoffs, it's just a different ball game with the matchups, game to game. Man, these coaches are too elite. These players are too elite. It's like a chess match out there. You know, after game one, man, a game to game, it's just whoever has a better piece and who can move them better. So it is what it is. Um, another reason why, you know, Philly's prospects are looking up, obviously something happened in the other series. Last series. we're going to talk yeah, about the man. final one left. Oof. Yeah, man. So Bucks tied it up. Um, it was a close game. The story of the game, obviously, is what happened to Kyrie Irving. Just unfortunate uh, landed, you know, on around Giannis's foot after making a layup. The Ankle touched the ground. It, it did not look good. Uh, fortunately, the MRI came back. Um, the X-rays came back negative. They're doing MRI to follow up to make sure um, he walked. He left the game in a boot. Just my un my non-doctor, mm. non doctor <laughs> mm. non non orthopedic uh, opinion is that he's probably not going to play uh, game four or game five. Excuse me, it's two two now. Game five. I just, um, it's rough, man. Um, I'll give the Bucks a little bit of credit. They did change some things. They uh, remember that stat where they were averaging the least amount of passes in the half no. court ever in, the, uh, <laughs> in, in for the playoffs as they tried to tracking it. That change is getting move the ball a lot better. Um, Giannis, he still took a couple threes I didn't like. He stopped the. He didn't jack eight up this game. You know what I'm saying? They got better games from Drew and in, in, in Middleton. They actually made I, a bunch. They
1: made a bunch of threes. I, I think Giannis was was making a concerted effort to get more downhill in transition. Right. That was a that was a nice thing to see today.
0: Right. So that that's what the Bucks did, but it's just it's tough to gauge, you know. Without Kyrie, KD is out there essentially. The the Nets are ISO heavy usually because they have two or three guys who can do it. Now they only have one, and uh, like I said, man, it's, KD's playing a hell of minutes, man, hell of minutes
1: man he didn't he didn't come he didn't he had before he came out for the end of the fourth he only sat i think for less than a minute
0: yeah so that that you know from where the series was so just at this point it's two two. talk to me about where you are with the rest of this series you know pending on the health of two guys i, I don't think james is realistically coming back uh, i don't think kai is either judging by how the ankle is but hopefully you know miracle comes to in his minor and he could you know Hot back after a game out, but uh, what do you see for the rest of this
1: series? Man, game five, unless the role players just, unless Joe Harris decides (laughs) to put up 30 plus, and and, you know, and um, Mike James decides to put up 20 plus, it's going to be tough, man. Uh, OKC, KD start coming back. Um, And I'm not saying this in the sense that. it, because he lost his players he, he has to carry his failing. it's not in that logic you know the twitter logic it's more in the sense of if you actually watch that OKC series against the Warriors the reason why he was shooting so bad is because his legs were shot like he was playing great defense when yeah. they were switching everything yeah. coming out on Curry uh, being aggressive on the help that's kind of what you're seeing in these last two games I mean even last game when Kyrie was there he shot terribly you know, I mean He wasn't a good shooting pro. And then he followed up today again. And you know, bless him, he's competing. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I can't even look at what KD doing, acting like he's not put, putting, you know, giving his all out there even on defense. Yeah, he's getting shook, but I mean he's tired and exhausted, he's still trying to compete. So me as a as someone who's competed, I, I respect it. You know, what I mean a lot of people are saying, oh, he can't care, he can't care, but they're not looking at this dude is playing exhausted, playing all types of minutes, and he's still giving his all on the floor regardless. Reminded me of like that, like you know, LeBron in, in those seconds in Cavs. It's like, bro, he's just he's out there every single minute, and it's like, man, he's on. They're gonna try and find a way to win this game, regardless. So I gotta respect Katie for what he's doing, but unfortunately, it's too much to overcome, in my opinion. He's already fatigued. His shots are already falling out. Uh, they're letting PJ get away with a lot. <laughs> so it's, it's 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 an uphill battle for him. Man, I think, you no. Know, I would I, – I hate it had to be like this, man. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I, told, I told people Nets going home in the second round. I said that shit all year. I hate it had to be like this. Yeah, it's just you definitely like,
0: – Yeah, and, and, nah, It's
1: and, not right to me.
0: Yeah, it's that point. I just think for, for game five, uh, what I look for is, you know, role players shooting home, and you hope that those guys are going to have looks because the defense is going to be standing on Kevin. You know, if those guys get hot enough, you know, or freeze up KD to have maybe one of his, you know – go crazy, you know, 40, 45 point games, and they'll be at the end. And that's hopefully, that's what you hope would, would happen if they're shooting the ball well enough. You know, that's role players shoot better at home. Joe Harris has got to be better. Like, they need him now. It's not just a luxury. Mm-hmm. They need him now. Um Those guys, Bill Bruce Brown, Mike James, those guys, you know, Claxton, those guys got to be come in and, and you know, produce offense to an extent. And that's not necessarily been their role, but it is now because of the, the circumstances. And we'll find out more about Kyrie but yeah just piggybacking off you're like this is you know this wasn't planned to talk about but I'm glad you brought it up this whole concept of of, of carrying is just uh it's, it's a very stupid conversation to me and, I, and I've said that as such several times it's hard to sit back and you know gauge or who's doing what every team has different dynamics like throughout NBA history like you know some teams are built for two stars to go off you know what I'm saying some teams are built like the you know Ninety four, ninety five, Rockets, the 4 Pistons, you know what I'm saying? Dallas Mavericks 2011, where you have your guy, but behind it, you have a bunch of, you know, different pieces that are built to give, to, you know, give you different things on different nights. So, that concept of, you know, can KD carry, quote-unquote, it just, it, it felt kind of silly and in, in agenda-driven, in, in my opinion, and not necessarily fair to, you know, what's in front of him at, at this point in time.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a lot, a lot of people are waiting to get they get back. Right, that's obviously like, <laughs> what it is. That's all it is, man. They've been waiting for this. They've been waiting for this opportunity to bring out all types of narrative talk, man. man it's, I th- I feel like we got robbed this playoffs, man. Like, I yeah, feel like we that's, got that's,
0: yeah, it's a lot, man. I saw Stat News put that tweet out, you know, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Jabal Murray. I think every series had a big injury that was affecting it at some point or the other. I think every single series, you know, and that's uh, that's tough, man. Even if, you know, Celtics in the first round, you know, no JB. You know what I'm yeah, saying? No
1: Jalen Brown for there. Every,
0: every single series had an injury that a guy out or severely hampered that, you know tilted the series in one way. And not to say the teams that won, you know, sometimes the playoffs end up being a war of attrition. So I'm not taking anything away from those teams like they did, you know, they, they're healthy. It just, I'm kind of with you. It just sucks the life out of it a little bit. When you think about, you know, what could have been with some of these series of teams that, you know, full strength, you know, could have been, you know, you know, a funner basketball to view. But hopefully, you know, these conference finals, you know, teams are going to be in there relatively healthy. And those will give us the, you know, the entertaining series that we, Desire and and real quick, not real before we get out of here. I wanted to talk about you know, Giannis is getting a lot of flack, you know, for how he's playing (laughs) just aesthetically. Um, the high ISO stuff is not working, the half the half court, the free throws, you know, and a lot of it, it's it's, some of it is harsh. And I'm wondering, you know, look at him, he's at you know, 26, you know, 26, 14, and and, and seven for the playoffs on 50% shooting. It went up after the day. They haven't added up in today's up yet. Are we being a little bit too harsh on Giannis and European, or is it just that, you know, a back-to-back MVP, we just expect, you know, greater things from him? Like, where, where are you with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you expect great things. And he's not elevating his game in the playoffs, uh, but he's finding ways to be effective. I okay, think yeah, that's, okay. the, that's what this season he's doing, that he struggled with last playoff runs when he got hit, when he hit these walls, is he finding plays to be a great, uh, effective, either off the ball with, you know, like he had a one great play where he faked out Jeff Green for alley I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, that's things he wasn't doing uh, before. And granted, he wasn't playing with Drew Holiday, being able to find those type of, type of plays. I mean, remember Drew had this one pass where he nutmegged KB to find a cutting Giannis. I mean, it's different when Drew Holiday is doing that as opposed to Eric Bledsoe, obviously. You know what I mean? So he has he, he's he's doing a great job knowing that he has guys who can find him and drew and he's, he's he's playing more aggressive off the ball. And he's not, you know, you know, he's he's still having the same struggles. On the ball and we question his IQ, but the one thing I won't question is his desire to take the shots yeah, and his, desires, <laughs> and his desire to find a way to get a buck. I mean, I think what you saw, especially in the heat series was last year was that when he ran into those issues he wasn't trying to be aggressive and getting off his shot he deferred a lot to Middleton and to the others in the heat series in the bubble whereas this series even though we're mad and we're like man what are you doing hey man he's saying you know what I gotta try it because I gotta mm-hmm. find a way to be effective and if it doesn't work it's like all right well I'm gonna try this off ball he's just trying stuff honestly and <laughs> yeah. it's easy to see, but in doing that he's finding what works so and, and it's his own way of growing in the playoffs. He's finding what works. And like I said, and like we say, it's not aesthetically pleasing, but, hey, he's getting the job done. You know what I mean? He's averaging – He, him and KD are literally averaging the same amount of points. Obviously, KD has a higher TS percent and all that because he's a better shooter. But the fact that he's matching KD's production, you know, in terms of points, uh, hey, man, he's finding a way. And that's all you can really ask for in the playoffs. You find a way.
0: Yeah, just – I, I think the frustration for me, like with Giannis, because I've been, you know, the def- defending this guy against all the, you know, "quote unquote" not skilled. He's not that guy, you know, stuff. Last couple of years, I've, I've been on the, you know, side defending him from that. Is the lack of not buying into what's successful, like the like the PPP when he's a role man or the finisher yep. and not the creator, is so much higher than what it is when he's the initiator or in the ISO. The to, to see what the Bucks kind of get away from that. Like when he's running the floor in transition and they kick it ahead to him and then he just finishes. Great. Half court when he's setting the screen or the roll guy or coming off a dribble handoff downhill. Great. It's just the high ISO and the pull up threes that they're just, it's not a, they're not efficient doing that. And he sticks with that. I think that's the frustrating part for me. It's not, it's more, it's not going to what's successful for him. And I think right. that's the frustrating part of somebody who wants Giannis to do well and, you know, get like, honestly, you know, Giannis, he two-time MVP, you know, all the regular season stats, all he's missing is a, you know, quote-unquote missing is a championship. And he's, you know, completed defensive player of the year, MVP. Like, you just want him to see him, you know, do those things and kind of reach the mountaintop. Especially, like you said, the passion and the motor. Like, you want to see guys like that, you know, get rewarded at some point, you know, in their careers with, with a championship, you know, playing the game, approaching the game the, the right way. So that's what
1: the frustration is for me with Giannis. Yeah, man. And you know what? Hey, he's gone, He's gone. He's gonna have his chance. You know what I mean? It the doors open for him, doors open for the Clippers, the doors open for CP3. Yeah. <laughs> All them dudes, you know what I'm saying? Who 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 who's had leg questionable legacies, it's 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 time now to 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 put that to rest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great way to set away to the end. Uh, make sure you guys Rate, follow, subscribe to the pod. Uh give us feedback. We always hit you guys back. If you got something you want us to talk about, let us know. We definitely try to add different topics in there. Uh follow myself on Twitter, JJ Maples55 underscore MST at XKings, bro. Make sure you give him a follow. Um so we got Philly. We both got Philly. We both got the Clippers tomorrow night. Is that where we are?
1: Yeah, I've got the Clippers tomorrow night for sure. All right,
0: clippers, clippers in Philly tomorrow night. Uh we got Philly going up 3-1. Clippers tying it up. And catch us on Spaces this week, man. We are out of here.
1: Peace, y'all.